Oh, I love, I love singing these songs together. I love being able to be in a room with you. I've missed this so much. So each week is just so good to be back together. And uh, welcome to McDowell. If you're new, you are welcome in this place. Uh, you're welcome streaming with us. We are a community. We're following Jesus and we're learning to love. And we want you to know this is a safe place no matter where you are in your journey. This is a safe place to both explore and take steps of faith. And we want you to do that today. We want you to explore faith. We want you to take steps of faith to move closer to God because God has taken steps to move closer to you. And that is good news for all of us. Now, we always ask a question to get to know each other in the room. I know it's a little difficult in today's world because of all that's going on uh, to, to want to talk to your neighbor. But maybe if you came with someone, you can talk to them about this. Or maybe you can just think about it and talk about it later. So the question of the day is this. If you could uh, choose a profession that you knew without a doubt had an everyday effect on real people in the world, what would you choose to do? If you could do anything, and, and, and the money wasn't an issue, right? So if your income was fine and you had the skills to do it, if you could do anything in the world and you knew it made a real difference in the lives of people, what would you choose to do? Do you got it? Do you have it? Now, I stumped the band on this one this morning. I asked this question, and it was complete silence for 25 minutes. We just sat there. It was real awkward. I don't want it to become that. So this is me with filler right now as you're thinking. Does anybody have anything? It was silence again. There we go. <laughs> we got one? Teacher. I love it. So like a teacher, maybe not in today's world where it's like online, in person, all of that. Anything else? Vet, working with veterans. That's good. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, go ahead and grab a seat wherever you are. If you're online today, there's a little chat bar uh, to my left, your right. You can jump in and chat. I think Cameron's on there. Uh, I think Sarah might be on there. I know Ryan, our online pastor, is on there. So interesting question, isn't it? It's, it's kinda, it kind of stumps you a little bit. You're not sure what to say. Um, my, my friend Dick Thomas, he, he wanted to get some brownie points, so he said a preacher. That's what he would choose to do. <laughs> Only certain ones, right? I mean, no. Um, so I, I've always, my, my wife would, would attest to this. Like I've said, if I didn't feel called to ministry, if I didn't feel like this is what God had for me and, and the path for my life, um, maybe a couple different things. Number one, uh, a doctor. I, I feel like doctors, and many of you are in the medical profession, um, like they, it seems like you have a, a real impact on people on a daily basis and makes such a difference in the lives of, of everyday people. And um, I think someone said that in, in the band eventually. They said, I would do that, but I would do it like missions, like medical missions, like on the field. Joe's copied last week. He said, you know, that video we saw last week, uh, Scott Harrison uh, I keep calling him Chris Harrison, but he didn't have a rose, so I don't think that was him. Uh, Scott, some of you have no idea what that means. But anyway, Scott Harrison was like the, um, the, the one who started Charity Water, and they go around the world, and for over a million people every year, they, they, they are able to help provide clean drinking water. And so Joe said, I would love to be on the front lines with that. I think, and some of you in the room are teachers, or you work in, in education, um, I know there's a couple coaches in the room, and I would love that too. Like coaching, I feel like coaches do something in the lives of, of their, their athletes uh, that 
is not replicated anywhere else in our world. I think there are some things that you can learn on the field or on the court or in many different places on the track, you know, all those different places that impact kids like indefinitely. Their entire lives are impacted. And teachers, what you do in the classroom, and right now I know it's super strange how that happens, but what you do in the classroom impacts students and makes a difference forever in the lives of those students. And so a lot of different things. Well, you might be wondering, why are we talking about that? Like, what's the reason for the question? And sometimes I come around that there's a reason for the question, and sometimes they're not. And so you're going to have to listen and see if there's any reason why I might have asked that question this morning. A couple quick announcements, and then we're going to jump right back into our series. Uh, a number of things going this week that get started uh, in our fall pattern, our, our fall schedule. Uh, Bible studies, women's Bible studies kick off this week. I know we have a number, number of men's Bible studies that are beginning new studies. Uh, we have some men, men's mentoring that we're kind of getting off the ground uh, that's, that's about to start going. But lots of groups going this week. And if, if groups are something that, that you're interested in, and I would encourage you um, to think about and consider uh, very strongly to be a part of a group, and I'll, I'll tell you why in a little bit, but I think groups are so important and powerful. We have all kinds of different groups. We have groups that are meeting online, groups that are meeting in person. We have groups that are built around activities like hiking. There's a, there's a, a, a road cycling group that I rode with last week. It was awesome. Um, I didn't think I was going to make it uh, because the leader of that group decided that, that the first ride for that group should be like an hour and 45 minutes which was not awesome. Um, and so if you want to ride with me at less time than that, that would be great. We can, we can do that. But there's all kinds of groups that, that are kicking off, and now's a great time to jump in. We have a, a couples version uh, Bible study group that is on version, And so every morning we'll have like this reading, uh, and, and then you can comment on it. It's great. All those are at mcdowell.church slash groups. You can discover those or... Cameron and Whitney will be hanging out in the connect room, which is just at the back of the auditorium to the, to the left on your way out. Or if you just want to, if you're online, if you'll just let them know you have questions about groups, we'll get you connected um, to the right groups. And then, super pumped about this, stoked about, I love our journals when, when our journals come out and we get rolling. So this journal will last, uh, it, it's, it's launching this week and it will go um, from next Sunday all the way through November. So it's a good run journal. Um, and so next Sunday we'll have these available. Or if you want a pre-release copy, there's two ways you can get a pre-release copy. And that is to come this week to District and buy a coffee and pick up a free journal next this coming week. I mean, just... Or just come in and grab one. So those are the two ways you can, you can get one. You can either buy a coffee and, uh, and do that and get a free one, or you can just get a free one. All right, so uh, we've been in this series called Fellowship of Difference and Difference. And uh, we've been looking at the, really the purpose and, and, and God's intent uh, of the church. And I'm a church nerd. I'll admit it. Some of you, when we start to talk about the church, you're like, I'm out. It's kind of boring. I'm not sure uh, how this pertains to me. But listen, it does. It pertains to you because 
the idea God had for the church was to bring about his kingdom and his goodness and his love and his mercy and his grace to the entire world, which includes you. The church was never intended to be a boring hour on Sunday morning. I hope our hours aren't boring. Uh, I'm not talking about that. But, but it was always intended to be a movement of people that was living out this movement that was, that was expanding God's love and his grace and his mercy and his peace to the world. And, and because of that, like he wants to include you. Like the church was never intended to be a static and dull place. In fact, the church wasn't even intended, I don't think at the very beginning, to be about one person standing on a stage talking, which some of you are like, does that mean I can leave right now and still get credit? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I think there is good in gathering together before you walk out. I believe there is good in gathering together because I think there are some things that are inspired in these moments that cause us to open ourselves to the spirit to live differently in the world. I think there is nothing like the gathering in the physical body of the church. I think there's something that happens special when we're all together. I'm thankful for technology that we've been able to stay connected in this season, but there is something about being together and then being sent out, listen, on mission for the goodness of God in this world. And listen, if, if there wasn't a, a time that, that didn't need, I mean, are we living in the moment that needs to know the love and grace of our Heavenly Father? Are we living in a moment like that, right? And listen, church, we are the ones, we are the ones that God is sending out to be his voice, but not just to be his voice, but his hands and feet in the world that desperately needs to know him. And so I get, I get stoked when we talked about the church because it should fire us up to be different kinds of people when we leave this building, when we leave the screens that we're watching to to do something. So a uh, quick catch up for those who, who haven't been here. Um, we learned a couple Greek words uh, just to make it seem like we're going deep. Uh, for those who say I'm not deep enough, here's the two words to help you so that when you leave, you're like, okay, he's a deep teacher. Uh, ekklesia is the Greek word that was first introduced as the concept of the church. And what's interesting about this word ekklesia is it was never about a building. That changed in about the third or fourth century. Uh, it became known as, as kirche, which was a, a, a German word that was known as a place a place where, where sacred things happen. But ecclesia, which is actually in the New Testament, was always about an assembly or a movement of people. That's the way that I love to think about it. It's a movement of people about something together, one body on one mission together. Are you with me? So ecclesia. Can you say ecclesia? We went deep today, didn't we? And then the second word that we taught, um, alelon, Alelon is this word that means one another or each other. And the entire New Testament, which is about how to live the teachings of Jesus, the entire New Testament is full of phrases that are built around this concept that we are to live the faith together. And somewhere on the journey, we began to believe that faith was just a personal thing. And we've got to get that out of our mindsets because faith is to be lived out together with one another to support, to encourage, to build up, to love, to carry one another's burdens. Like one another is so very important to the mission of the church that we're in this together. And here's the phrase that I've, I've wanted to say every week in the series. And if this is all you get from the series, awesome. 
So check back in just for a second. Don't, don't drift off yet. If you get this one thing from this entire series, I think we're getting somewhere. And here it is. I don't just go to church. I am the church. And how I respond is how the church responds. How I love is how the church loves. Are you with me? Does that make sense? Oftentimes we ask the question, well, what's the church doing? And my question is, I don't know. What are we doing? Because what you're doing is what the church is doing. What I'm doing is what the church is doing. It's not just a statement to be proclaimed from a platform. The love of God is to be lived in everyday lives, in whatever profession you hold to be true in your life. Whatever you're doing, whatever your vocation, whatever your direction in life. Like the faith, the church is you in action every single day. Now, with that comes this great responsibility that if you are one who claims I am a follower of Jesus, that means you are a part of the church. You're a member of the body. You're in the fellowship. You're in the movement that God has sent out. And that responsibility means that how you choose to speak to and love the world at large is a representation of God himself. Now, is that, a, is that a huge responsibility or what? Every now and then somebody will say to me, Matt, you know, is it, you know, sometimes you get nervous because what you say is like what God's saying. And I'm like, it's no different for you. The way that you, if you're a follower, like we're in this together. In Hebrews, the author who was brilliant, she was brilliant. See what I did there? Anyway, um, the author of Hebrews, you know, the, the, the concept, the, the fellowship of believers, talking about that, that, that no longer are we held back from God, that we are like, we are one. We are with him. We can go into his presence and then we represent God to the world. It's so very important for us. So I don't just go to church. Okay, so that's the catch up. That, like that's the review to get us to where we are today. Are we ready to go for today? Okay, so what I want to do for the next few minutes is I want to spend time on just a couple of passages of Scripture on the words of Jesus, which I think are some of the most important words for the church at large. So I'm going to spend a couple minutes on the, on the words of Jesus, and then I want to get into some really practical what are we to be about or what journey are we to be on as a part of the church? Like, what does God have for us? And then I asked a couple of my friends to speak into this series. And um, we have a video at, that we're going to wrap up with. A few of my friends from around the country that I just said, hey, what do you love about the church? Because I think it's important that we get a broader picture than just mine of what the church is. I think you should hear from some of my, my pastor friends from around the country. So I've got some friends, one from L.A., Jeremy, that you all met um, uh, earlier this year, Jeremy Dixon, who came over, incredible pastor. I've got a friend from Chicago that I asked to speak into this, one from, from Michigan and then one down in Houston that I just think broadens our view of the church and inspires us to live differently. So here we go. Let's start with Jesus. So here's what Jesus said. His most famous teaching, which is found in Matthew chapter 5, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. And near the beginning of this sermon, um, and I think Matthew was putting all these teachings together to give us just a summary of, of really the, the primary teachings of Jesus. And here's what, here's what Jesus says. To, to those who had gathered to hear him, his disciples and those who were following, here's what Jesus said. 
he said, and this is, this is the uh, southern translation. Um, <laughs> Y'all are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. Have y'all ever had good barbecue? Yes. Yes. You know what I'm talking about then. There's something about good barbecue and you get the right flavors and the right salt, the right levels. You know what I'm talking about, Brent? Come on now. There's something about that good barbecue and it just like brings out the real flavor. And um, I know some of you are vegans and that kind of stuff, but in heaven, it's barbecue. Anyway. (laughs) Sorry, you can send me an email, joe at mcdowell.church. We'll talk about it. Um, Y'all are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of the earth. And and the reason I I, I use the word y'all there is because so often when we read the word you, uh, the traditional translation of this says you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. Sometimes we, we think that means like that faith again is just this personal thing, like Jesus is speaking to me personally. But what we miss is that the you there in the original language is plural. Y'all are the salt of the earth, not just you. I mean, you are part of it, but you're just one little speck in this. Y'all are the salt of the earth. Y'all. All y'alls. That's how we'd say it down in Birmingham where I grew up. If y'all lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? I love that idea. If you lose this, this saltiness as a part of the movement, this, this gathering, then how will people ever taste God, the beauty of God, his goodness, his love, his grace, and his mercy? If you lose, and, he, and, and Jesus says, you've lost your usefulness and you'll end up in the garbage. And then he goes on because I, I think Jesus wants us to get this one. And he says, y'all are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Y'all are the light of the world. Now, just to give you a quick illustration of this. Now, if it were to go dark in this room and there's no light except for what's sneaking in through the windows, this is what it might look like. So if it's dark um, and all the lights go off, close, almost all the lights went off. That's okay, that'll work, right? So it changes things, doesn't it? The room just changes a little bit. And then if we add some lights, so if we add one light in here and there, let's see if this will work. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So you see how it changes as the light changes? Okay, let's add another one in. Let's see what else we got here. Oh, there's, yeah, a little bit more. I can see y'all now. Y'all are the light of the, uh, the world too. You're the light of the room right now, but you're the light of the world, as Jesus says, as you leave this place. And then let's like light it all up. Let's see what happens when the whole room is lit up. Like you can see all of it, right? Whoa. Now, okay, we can go on. People get uncomfortable when the lights are on them, so it's going to turn off. You get, the, you get the picture, right? Now, is our world full of darkness? Yeah, there's darkness all around. There's brokenness, there's pain, shame. There's, there's shame, and be, when, whenever there's shame, which we've all felt from time to time, what do we do? We like to hide in the darkness when, we, when we're ashamed or when we're afraid. Like, we, we don't want other people to know that. We put on masks. We don't want people to see the real us. 
And, and Jesus says, in a world like that, in a world of darkness, y'all are the light of the world, like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. In the same way, let y'all's good deeds, it's hard to even read it that way, let y'all's good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your good works. No, that's not what Jesus said. He doesn't say, let your good deeds shine out so everybody will look at you and say, well done, Brock. You good and faithful. Like, that's awesome. Good job. That's, did you all see what Brock did? Beautiful. No, no. He said, let your good deeds shine out so that they will praise your, the light is just simply reflecting the goodness of God. Come on. We're reflections of what God does. And when we take in the Holy Spirit, when we breathe in the Holy Spirit, and we allow it to flow through us, it's simply just passing on the very light that God has put in, inside of each one of us. And if y'all lose your saltiness, you're just thrown into the garbage. Like, it's not even useful anymore. Now, why do I think these are such powerful and important teachings of Jesus? Because it, it, it puts us back on mission, doesn't it? It moves us back to remind us that what we do is so very important because of the darkness that seems to win out and prevail in the world. If the light of the world would just shine, and I'm not talking about someone else. I'm not talking about someone getting elected. If the light, which is Christians, the movement of God's people would just shine out, this world would become a brighter place. Yeah, there's an amen. Come on now. It's about us. And if we aren't bringing about good in our world, come on, if we're not bringing about good in our world, church, which is about God's hope and his peace and his love and his grace, if we're not doing it, it means that we've stepped out of the light and out of God's kingdom and out of his mission that he's given us. We, we have stepped out. It doesn't mean that God is silent in the world because so often we step out of the light. We quit reflecting what God has given us, and, and we, we, we begin to look at one another. I'm sorry. I know I don't have my mask on. Uh, we begin to look at each other, and we say, where is God in this mess? Where is God in the world today? It seems so dark over here. And God says, if my people would, would reflect the light that's deep within them, the, light wouldn't, the, the, the world wouldn't be as dark as it seems. Don't point to other people and wonder where God is. Be the light and the salt in the world so that God's love and his grace might prevail. Remember what Jesus said when he was standing on the hill with the disciples, which was, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot, be, cannot prevail against the movement of people who are called by my name. Come on now, church, that's about us. That's about us. Not for our glory, not for our good works, but that's so people might praise the Father in heaven. This is what the church is to be about. Now, we've, we've said this um, so many times. I say it almost every week. Uh, I, I try to repeat our, our identity. We are a community following Jesus, learning to love, because it marks who we are. It reminds us of who we are. We're a community, which means we're in this together. This is about y'all. It's not just about me, right? It's a community. We're not a community like a club. We're a community following Jesus, which means we're on mission, just like Jesus was on mission. We are representing Jesus to the world. We're a community. We're following Jesus, and we're learning to love. And that's a process because we're broken. We're learning 
to love. So I speak about this, but something happens from time to time. Now, um, y'all can laugh at me all you want, and I know that I sometimes make a fool of myself a lot of times. Um, when I was in high school and, and college, I, lift we- I lifted weights all the time, like six days a week. And some of you right now are looking at me, and you're thinking, you should have lifted more than five pounds when, when you were doing that, because that five pounds just doesn't, you know, and it was about the tone, not the, the mass, okay? So, um, no, I, I lifted weights all the time. And I was fixated on football. Football was my thing. And so I lifted weights for the purpose of, of football. And in, in football, for some reason, like the two main movements back in those days were bench press and squat. Those were the two things that we did. We did some other things like um, power cleans and all that. But those were the two things. Now, strength coaches have gotten a lot smarter in, in today's world. But back then, that's what we did, bench press and squat. So I lifted bench all the time. I mean, I wanted as much as I could bench is what I wanted to do. And so some of you are weightlifters in the room. I know I see a few of you that, that work out. I see plenty of you that don't. But the two of you that do work out in the room, <laughs> like, I'm going to let you guess. My max at, at, like, my height, like, how much could I bench press? Like, at, at, when I was at the peak of, of my athletic abilities in bench press, what do you think? I heard, I heard 315, I love you. What else? I heard two something over here. Yeah, 50 pounds. Yeah, it was 50 pounds. It was the bar, 45. That was it. No. So at my peak, um, at my peak, I, I was over 315, let's just say. I, I bench, bench pressed over 315. Today, if you put 315 pounds on the bar and I, lift, I tried to lift it off the rack, it would kill me. It would crush my chest. And there's this, uh, there's this word we use called atrophy. Do you know what atrophy is? <laughs> atrophy, which speaks to muscles, means that if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. All right? If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And if you stop working out, then you lose the muscle that you worked so hard to build. And you'll cry. You'll look in the mirror and you'll cry about it. You'll cry yourself to sleep. But it doesn't matter. You can cry all you want, but you ain't getting that muscle back unless you do the work to get it back. You know what I mean? Now, listen, the same thing happens in the church. We might look back and say, do you remember those days when we could do that? And if we don't work it, we're going to lose it. You know what I mean? If we're not active, if we're not exercising what God has given us, we are going to lose the strength behind the church itself. If we don't open ourselves to the Holy Spirit more and more and more and exercise the gifts that the Holy Spirit pours out on every single one of us, the power of the church begins to shrink back. And it's not because of God. It's because of us. We've got to use what he gives us in the world or we will lose the power behind this movement he's given us. So here's, I want us to do a little... Uh, our, our staff spent some time this summer uh, with a church in a, in a virtual conference, um, and there was some language they used that we've kind of picked up because I think it's beautiful. And I want to give you um, four phrases today that I think describes God's desire and, and uh, his heart for every human being who exists. 
And I want you to do a little bit of a spiritual inventory. And I'm going to give you a couple challenges as we go along the way. And I think this is what the church, this is what we are going to be about uh, in, in, in our communities. And this is what I'm going to challenge you to. And you're going to hear this language more and more. Are you ready? So here are the four phrases. This is what I believe God uh, has for you. This is his heart for you. I think, number one, God wants you to know him. And I don't think God just wants you to know about him. I, I think God wants you to know him intimately and relationally. And for many of us, we, we've learned a lot about God. We've been in church a long time. Come on, I grew up in the church. The church was open. I was on the front row. And many of us have learned a lot about God, but we don't know him yet. And we want to create opportunities for you to know God, and we want to create opportunities for our community to know God more and more. Not just about him. Look, I can know a lot about lifting weights, but if I don't get to work, it doesn't matter. I can know a lot about God, but if I don't enter into a relationship with him, it just doesn't matter. So we want to help, we want to help you, and, and we want to do this together. We want you to find freedom. I would ask you to raise your hands, but I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. I'm just going to ask the question, and you can think about it. How many of you in this room have realized that you have some brokenness, some sin, whatever you want to call it, some addictions in your life that hold you back from being the person that God wants you to be and that you want to be? How many of you know that that's true in your life, right? We all do. None of us are exempt from that. All of us have brokenness. We have uh, blind spots. We have addictions. We have certain things. And the, the truth about the good news of, of, of God, what Christ accomplished, wasn't just about going to heaven when we die. It's about today that God wants you to find freedom from the things that are holding you back from the best relationships and the best kind of life that you can live. And we want to give you the opportunities. We think groups are the best place for that to happen. It's why I talk about groups. It's why we're going to continue to talk about groups because we need to get in smaller circles, not in a big room, smaller circles where we can take the mask off and expose the darkness that's within us for the purpose of being made whole through his spirit. So we want to, we want to find freedom. We want you to discover your purpose. Now, this one, I'm going to start talking about a lot. And one of the reasons, because I, I learned something this summer that was eye-opening to me. Um, a number of studies around the church world have been happening, and they've discovered that uh, only one out of ten followers of Jesus... Only one out of ten followers of Jesus know their spiritual gifts and exercise them for the good of God's kingdom. Now that is devastating. What if 10%, only 10% of your body, think about your human body, what if only 10% of your body knew what its purpose was? And only 10% of your body was functioning in the correct way, what would happen? You wouldn't function. You would die, wouldn't you? If only 10% of your body was functioning, you'd probably die. I don't know if that's like scientifically, I, like, but 
you, you would not be uh, living a fulfilling life if only 10% of your body was functioning. Maybe this is why the church in many ways is not shining the light because only 10% of us know what God has given us through his Holy Spirit to exercise in the world. We want to we change that. In this church, in this local body, we're going to change that. We're creating something called a growth track to move you from a place where you don't know your purpose to where you do know your purpose, and then we want to plug you in so that you can do this last thing. How many of us want to make a difference in this world, who want to leave a legacy that outlives us? How many of us want to do something so that when we're done, when we're no longer living, that the, the, the ripples from our life just continue on and on and on? I had a conversation with somebody who said that to me this week. Like, man, I, I want to do something with the end of my life before I'm done that makes a difference for other people beyond me, that can live beyond just this body. And I think we all want that. So here are a couple challenges for you. As you think through this, where, where are you in this mix? Like maybe on this journey, do you know God? So a couple challenges for you. And we keep talking about this, that you would begin every day in prayer and scripture. That you would just get up every morning, and whether it's the you version, that you would use that as kind of a prayer guide as you read that scripture, that you would just do this. And the second thing I want to challenge you to is to part of being a light is introducing other people to the goodness of God. So I want to challenge you in this way. If you consider McDowell your church home twice a year, at least twice a year, would you have someone sitting next to you that is far from God? Would you invite somebody? This is the point in the service when people usually like look away from me. Like they don't want me to look them in the eyes. They're like, oh, that's difficult. Would you, like at least twice a year, and let me give you two easy ones for this. Easter and Christmas Eve. Like, do I get credit for that? Yes, you get credit for that. Those are the two easy ones because most people are willing to come during those two times. But would you have just twice a year as a part of McDowell, but more importantly than that, as a part of the movement, the ecclesia, Jesus is buying them. Would you have someone sitting next to you twice a year who's far from God? Would you do that? Um, the next challenge. So this, this next one, find freedom. Connect with a group. I want to challenge you to connect with a group where you can be honest and find healing for what holds you back, where you can take that mask off and be the real you. Some of you have found that in 12-step classes and groups. Some of you have found it in online groups. Some of you have found it in person groups. We are trying to create as many group opportunities as possible so that this can happen, so you can find freedom from the sin and the addictions and the things that hold you back from being the whole joyful person that God created you to be. We want to make that happen in this place, in this, in this body of believers. Okay, so uh, the next one, discover purpose. We want, we want to help you discover your gifts. We want to discover our gifts and our wiring so we can find out where we fit in God's kingdom and how we can make this thing work, this body work. So the growth track, you're going to begin hearing about it. We're going to, uh, this fall, twice we're going to run uh, just some, some test mod modules on Sundays. We'll invite you into that if you want to be a part of it. But discover your gifts. And then the last piece and the last challenge is to make a difference. We, we would challenge you to, to join a serve team to be a part of a team that is making a difference in this world. And that might be within the bounds of, of these walls, but the second place that it's going to happen is outside these walls. And we want to challenge 100% of people who call this their church home to serve twice a year at least outside the walls of this church. And we're going to create the opportunities for that to happen, but we have to practice it. 
We cannot let atrophy set in where we just sit back and and complain at what others don't do. We have to be the church that is on the move, on mission to be the salt. Y'all are the salt, y'all are the light. And if we don't shine it, it's not gonna shine. Are you with me? Okay, good. I was just making sure you're still here. All right. So that's, that's a few of the challenges. Um, I've heard this from time to time, and I've, I've used this statement, and I love it. Um, I first heard it from a pastor in Chicago, and he said, the church is the hope of the world. And I grabbed that statement. I started using it. The church is the hope of the world today. It's not government. Uh, it's not education. All those things are important, but the church is the hope of the world today. And then uh, a pastor that... I really respect, he changed it a little bit this summer, and this helped me out. He said, he said this, no, 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 it's not the church is the hope of the world because so many churches, that 10%, you know, we're not exercising. The church mobilized is the hope of the world today. The church mobilized is the hope of the world today. It's the church active and expressing the kingdom of God that is the hope of the world today. And we've got a mobilized church we got some work to do. And it's all, for the, it's, it's all for God. It's not for us. It's not for our, it's, it's for him. The church mobilized, McDowell mobilized is the hope of the world today. Not because of this body, because we're all broken, aren't we? It's because of the spirit that lives in us. Listen, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same spirit that lives in you and empowers you to live a different kind of life, expressing his love and his grace to everyone. Now, I told you I'm a church nerd, aren't I? You can laugh at me, it's okay. But I believe in the church. And I want you to hear this today too. I love our church. And I don't just love our church, I love you. I'm so thankful for you. There's no other church that I want to be a part of. I believe God's called me here. I believe that you're here for, for such a time as this, in this season, and, and I love it. I love that the journey that we're on, I know it's a crazy world, but hey, we can't do anything about that, can we? All we can do is show up and reflect the light that God's given us. So like I said, I invited a couple of my pastor friends because uh, I think it's good for, uh, for us to hear from other people from time to time, right? So these are a couple of my pastor friends from around the country, um, and I just asked them a simple question. I said, hey, would you tell me, like, what you love about the church and what you see, like, the church being? And I was inspired by what they said, so I thought, let's inspire all of us. So these, like I said, are just a few of my friends. What I love about the church is that we have the hope. One of the things that I have really been discerning and burdened with to pray for, particularly these last several months, is that people would have hope. I love the fact that, you know, all over the world, there are tons of people who have different backgrounds, different narratives, different skills, gifts, abilities, and, and the Holy Spirit has this amazing way of taking all of this uniqueness and then making it work like, in, you know, completely connected, uh, completely in concert with each other to accomplish his will. I love that God so generously invites us to join his mission in the world. 
I'm really in awe of the fact that in all the work that God is trying to do, as we pray for God's kingdom to come, as God works to bring restoration and healing to the world, that his grand design is for that to happen through us. You see, it was Jesus while he was here on earth after his resurrection that he gave his followers a great commission. He gave them this command. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and I am with you always, even to the very end of age. Wow, what a promise. What a command that Jesus has said, church, go and make disciples who will make disciples. But not only that, he, he told us to make disciples in love. Whether we're in Romania or we're in Africa or the Americas, wherever we are, um, there's this amazing way in which the Lord uh, just, just lifts up the talents and the stories of people and then organizes them to accomplish something big that, that revolutionizes culture. In fact, the scripture actually calls us the body of Christ, that we get to be the embodiment of the mission of Jesus, that we get to bring good news and participate in setting things right and, and declaring that there is freedom and that God is near. I've come to realize that when hopelessness sets in, many, many bad things become options for people up to and including ending their life. But we have this hope in Jesus Christ that no matter how dark it has been, how challenging it currently is, or even what appears to be bleak on the horizon, that we have this hope that guarantees us a better tomorrow than yesterday or even today. That message we must never cease from preaching, promoting, and being proud of. And the church has always been in the business of transformation, and it still is. And that's what I love about it. I love that the church, um, that, that we partner, that, that we connect. Now, of course, there are always aberrations, but, but ultimately, like there is this forward motion of the kingdom that's perpetuated by local assemblies uh, with incredible people who are just connected uh, by virtue of the spirit to this larger idea. And then we're all just kind of taking all of our little pieces and just putting it together. And that's, that's the part I love about it. It's like your little piece, maybe in your mind may seem insignificant, but when it's connected to this larger, you know, kind of grouping of, of folk, this gathering, this called out population, something big happens. God, His great love, designed this multi-ethnic community to live together in unity and in harmony, to bring hope in difficult times, to shine light in dark times, and to make a difference in our world. The local church is the hope of the world. The local church is an unstoppable force. The local church, when Jesus is leading the local church, oh, it will change the world. And we have an amazing opportunity today for such a time as this, in these dark and divided times, that we could, man, ask God to move in and through the local church.